listening to Boohaha, a mostly weekly, often usually kind of weekly, bi-monthly podcast that is ostensibly about ghosts, but more often than not about weird tangents and horror movies and obscure U.S. presidents, which if you've got any feelings on Taft, now would be the time to bring them up. Um, This week we have a special episode because I am joined not by a local Portland comic or ghost weirdo, but by my mother. Hi, Ab. (laughs) Happy to have you here. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be great. Um, We also have my dog Fawn, who is chewing on a bone, which you can probably hear. So that'll be super exciting. So you're, you're visiting right now for the week. I am. Um, how how are you doing? It's always a little bit of an adjustment for me when I come here. And you've been in how long? Okay, like actually, because I, I don't know how long has you it been. You should. You were with us. I know, uh, but it's been what since two thousand one. Yes. So that's eighteen years. So I think we came in August of two thousand one. So yes, you're right. Yeah, you're just about. better at math than I am, apparently. <laughs> I just have been rounding up to 20. Everybody's like, I'm like, I've been out of the country for 20 years. It's the better part of two decades. I think so. So you, you live in Italy. I do. Just outside of Milan. And I you're do. back here for work. I am. And so you're jet lagged. <laughs> and I've been sleeping with Prince Solpadem, who's also known as... Ambien. Yes. And I did not know that until you told me. I like that because <laughs> the... The, the trade name of the one that you're taking, it's like Pranzolpidem or something. But it does just sound like Prince Zolpidem. It does. And I had actually, because I have to travel between time zones, and so I had been trying to hoop joe it with melatonin, which only will get you to sleep but won't keep you to sleep. So by the end of four days, I was like a bundle of broken glass and in floods of tears. So... <laughs> My is less than ideal if you're on a work trip. Right, where you need to be in front of people and keep your shit together. So finally, my doctor in Germany... Do I say who he is? I mean, you can you can you can shout him out if any if we have any German listeners. <laughs> okay, so it's out. Dr. Wilhelm and Schneik, and <laughs> he is my gynecologist. <laughs> Which is also, I feel like he's really expanding his range of expertise with the sleep medicine. Right. Well, so I was there for my annual, and so I've been seeing him for a long, long time. And so I was there, and I just said, "Hey, you know what? I'm traveling between time zones, and you know, I've been taking." you know, like antihistamines. And he said, you know, you should try something. I take this. You should, you know, it's Zolpidem, you you know, give it a shot. And so I said, okay, you know, can I get that in Italy? And he's like, I'll give you a prescription. Fine. Yes, you can get it in Italy. But you should try it first, which should have been some sort of flag considering. Why? (laughs) Right. And considering that we, you and I, and just everybody in general have been kind of giggling a little bit about the Ambien walrus. And anyway, <laughs> like, you know, let's take an Ambien and lose our keys or message our ex-girlfriends. I ordered 20 pizzas. Right. I invited my whole family for brunch. <laughs> so anyway, so yeah, he prescribed that to me and I didn't realize until we were together in San Francisco and yeah. you pointed out to me that in fact, hey, 
it's not just what is zolpidem it's actually ambien yeah turns out who knew yeah and yes. it's one of the few things that really really works the melatonin like i remember i've bought it before and i've used it a couple times i've Thankfully, and like much to the chagrin of everyone I know, uh, I could sleep on a rock under a bus. <laughs> like, yeah, I've always been really worried about your neck. I could be sitting up on a plane. I'll just pitch forward like. <clears throat> right. And I'm fine. But I've taken melatonin before and I feel like I always have like kind of weird dreams. And then I remember at one point I was talking to grandma about this like way back when. And she was like, yeah, well, my doctor gave me melatonin. I just had these horrible hallucinogenic demon nightmares. I'm like, oh, no. that." I think that she probably had those a lot anyway. But <laughs> it could be <clears throat> some underlying psychosis. Exactly. <laughs> I think it, part of it was like how she was raised. Like, you're not living for the Lord. Sure. You're, you know, you're living for Satan. So, <laughs> you know, I wake up. I'm having a night terror. Yeah, demons. Right. Like, sure. I, yeah. And I'm speaking in tongues and yeah. there might be church pews being strewn around yeah. also. They're covered in snakes. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. not what you want when you're no. trying to get, you know, a square eight. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so, but besides that, besides the Ambien, I'm, I'm good. Good. Excellent. Little, little bit of culture shock as always. It's, I would imagine coming back to America after so long would be weird. And especially in a city that is so quirky. My head's on a swivel. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff going on. A lot of strong looks. <laughs> yes. We saw earlier, we saw a lady who looked like she was going to a costume party as an American who's never been to Paris, but wants to pretend that she has. Right. Yeah. That was a look. There's just so, I don't even know where to begin. And, and I know that if I, if I say something to you, you are <clears throat> definitely going to challenge me. I get, as somebody who has chosen voluntarily to live in Portland I do get disproportionately defensive about you do. it <laughs> but also it was like that when you lived in Germany sure yeah I think that's and I chose to leave yeah but I know that like when I like when I shit talk Italy I get a little bit of that from you too yeah so I think there's like a natural thing where it's like I live here fuck you <laughs> like, right um, yes yeah. there's no perfect country by the way uh, we're sponsored by Switzerland, so that's uh, that, a bit of you know, a bummer. Quality of life is pretty high there, <laughs> for sure. Um, so, as I said, this is a podcast that is primarily about tangents. And we're already off to a good start. <laughs> Yay, yes. Um, so, just to get things kicked off, can you tell us a little bit about, like, what is your relationship with the supernatural? Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think it's hokum? Where are you at? So weirdly or oddly enough, my probably my whole life, like there's always been things that have happened. And I always, it's interesting when I listen to your podcast and people are like, oh no, never ever. And I'm like, really? Like, I really believe that there's something bigger than us. And I think that that's so important to... You're talking about elephants. Right. <laughs> elephants and just like, just about anything bigger than us, you know, buildings, sure. hopefully cars, <laughs> some mountains, <laughs> right? Like something. And I can't imagine like for me, I can't imagine going through life and thinking like, yeah, this is, this is it. Yeah. This, it comes up a lot. And I mean, I'm sure anybody who listens regularly is probably pretty tired of me espousing my beliefs, but I'm a hopeful skeptic. I'm not f a firm believer in anything and I'm willing to have my beliefs and things challenged, but 
I certainly hope that ghosts are real. I hope that there's spooky things out there because it seems like it'd be a much more boring universe if that were not the case. It seems pretty one-dimensional. And looking back at history, the number of times people have been like, well, we've got it figured out. It turns out all you need is to poke an ice pick into somebody's head and they're not crazy anymore. Turns out there's a little bit more nuance to it than that. So that's kind of where I'm at with ghosts. So you're you're open, you're a believer. Yeah, like I've just had way too many things happen to me in lots of different situations and scenarios and and I I cannot not believe. Yeah. Which okay, and just for the record, I know that I'm putting this out there and I work in a pretty professional environment. So I'm always like I know I probably sound like a crazy person. Oh, nobody listens to this. Okay, good. <laughs> Then we're safe. We were talking about this on last week's episode. Like, you need listeners to get yelled at, and we're fine. (laughs) And I always am like, you know, like, I travel a lot, and people are like, oh, how did you sleep? And I'm like, oh, you know what? Last night was the first night in the hotel, and the ghosts tried to talk to me, but I didn't listen to them. And hopefully the second night will be better. Oh, wait, did I say that out loud? Oh, no. Right. (laughs) Prince Zolpidem, take me away. (laughs) I know. Like, okay, that little short person in the striped shirt and the gondolier hat and he's trying to tell me something on the side of my bed in Madrid, I was imagining that. It's okay. I couldn't understand you anyway. I don't speak Spanish. So from that, I can gather that not only are you a believer, because there's, there's like different categories of, of ghost belief, and the one that kind of comes up the most, and we talked about this a little bit last mm-hmm. week, that there's the idea of like residual hauntings, yeah, where it's just sort of... A recording. Yeah, exactly. Got it. Uh, and then there's like intelligent hauntings, right. where there's you know some intention... That yeah. remains is that kind of more in line with your beliefs or are you yeah totally like and I feel like I've had a little bit of column a and a little bit of column b yeah for sure so <clears throat> yeah just kind of and one of the things that I always wonder for me is like I feel like places hold energy yeah and so there's things where you know just depending on your sensitivity are you picking up on it and are you do you need to kind of sometimes choose to ignore that yeah yeah so both Cool. So open to ghosts, receptive, believe in the paranormal. Yeah, I feel like I'm probably one of your first guests that actually put that out there. Everybody else I feel like is like, yeah, no. It's a lot of skeptics. I feel like we've we've had a couple that are like, yeah, sure, I'm I'm open to it. And even I find that the most common category is that kind of like like me, that hopeful skeptic where it's like, definitely don't believe in it, but wouldn't it be great if... Um, uh, now that we've got that out of the way, we could probably move on to some actual ghost stories. Okay. I was debating, and we've broken the rules a little bit because okay. normally it's the guest's home region or hometown. Which is not exciting. No. Unless you're really into the ghosts of historic Fort Vancouver. Or Brush Prairie. <laughs> uh, or what's the Battleground. Battleground. Which was, you would think it sounds like it would be like rich and like scary old battle ghosts. Right. It was named for the lack of a battle. Oh no. Yeah, like a battle was going to take place there, but then they just scrapped it. Yeah, and instead they put up a Mr. Swiss. And yeah. you could get like a shake and a burger. <laughs> and the Anderson Dairy for right. all of your milk it needs. always smelt a lot like sour milk. <laughs> But you could get some good candy there. Well, you know, there's there's always perks. Right. (laughs) That being the case, shying away from the less than stellar ghosts of Vancouver, Washington, I decided to go with Italian ghosts. Yes. Of which there are more. 
It's always interesting trying to find ghosts for... I feel like America has a kind of unique relationship with ghosts in history. Yeah. Like, we're really, really into it, and it's part of our... Culture. Yeah, which, again, bit of a tangent. I think a nation that doesn't have a lot of history, we kind of have to get it where we can. Yeah, and I think what was kind of what's what has been striking to me and throughout my life is I remember when we lived in Germany and I I remember talking to Sabina my friend Sabina and I was like I don't even know how it came up but we were kind of talking about ghosts and I was like you know I I really haven't heard any ghost stories in Germany and she just looked at me and she's like yeah we wouldn't put up with them (laughs) and I'm like you know what I think you're kind of right like we just don't have time for the ghosts yeah So I never sensed, I mean, there was a few things in Germany, like I'd ride my bike from our house into work and there was some creepy woods around, but there was nothing, nothing. I didn't ever sense anything there. Yeah. It's interesting. It's a really, again, not to insult any German listeners, but you know, it's a very sterile place. Yeah. And and mostly for me, I had, I did have a lot of um, cultural gaps. And so I was, I was just pretty much, you know, kind of sad there anyway so I was probably focused on that and not really anything else so yeah that's fair I don't know I feel like there's more there's places that are more conducive to it than others and especially with Germany's generally fraught relationship with their own history and also with religion yeah right like I think that there's definitely a connection between spirituality and the and the religion or the the rootedness in religion and, I, and I'm not sure that definitely like you look at Italy in Catholicism. It would explain why half of the stories that I had to throw out of the pile while looking for things were like, demonic possession right. of farm lady. Right. So there's a lot of Jesu in, in these. Um, but even having thrown out all of those very religious ones, we have come up with a couple of good ones. Good. Um, I'm going to give you some options. Okay. And then I'm going to read you a spooky tale. I'm excited. We have um, the Castello di Montebello. Okay. um, Which is ghosts in a castle. A beautiful castle, by the way. From what I saw in the pictures. A beautiful mountain castle. The best kind. Right. Um, We also have the Lake Garda monster. (gasps) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And then we have the ghosts of Gaiola Island. Mm -hmm. Then we have the haunting history of Pavelia. Pavelia. Which is a really fucked up island off the coast of... Venice? Yeah, to say the coast of There's, Venice That's feels... really spooky. And then is there like Amanda Knox? <laughs> the fourth option is just watch the Amanda Knox documentary on Netflix. watch it. I can't even <laughs> watch it. Um, so uh, She's trying to go fund her wedding. Did you see that? Hear that? Read that? Normally, that wouldn't be something I'm on board for, but yeah, sure, why not? Like, if you can, if you can not have to pay for your wedding because the Italians thought you murdered somebody and then pooped in the toilet, good for you. I just have such a big opinion about that. As do most people who lived in Italy at that time. Yes. <laughs> and also because of Kirk, her father. So then we also have uh, the Devil's Column. In Milan. Uh, and then we have the ghosts of Lucedio Abbey. Mm. I don't know why I pronounce Abbey as if it were Italian. <laughs> that's that's the English word. <laughs> Abbey. 
and then we have the witches of Triora. Oh my God, how did you find these? Minutes of intensive research. I'm impressed. <laughs> um, so just to, I'm just going to recap them for you. I know which one I'm going <clears> to <throat> go for. <laughs> okay. So I mean, it's a toughie. What, what, so what do you think? Okay. I choose Pavelia. Perfect. Uh, and you're wanting, can probably a little bit closer. Pavelia. Okay. So you're going with the island of Pavelia. Yes. Perfect. So this is from Mysterious Universe by Brent Swanser, who, you know, shout out to Michael Garcia's episode and the Pyramid Lake Water Babies. No matter which version of the story one subscribes to, to this day, there's certainly a lake. Pavalia, off the coast of Venice. Uh, Some places in this world easily lend themselves to stories of hauntings or curses. There's a certain look and a certain bloody background that just make them ripe pickings for scary tales. And they become the very incarnation of what our mind envisions when we think of a haunted place. Considering this, there are perhaps few places on Earth that quite so perfectly match the criteria for a haunted place as the morose, lonely island of Pavalia. (gasps) Gruesome, gory, check. Mass secret burials, check. Oh no. A long tradition of human suffering, check. (gasps) Abandoned insane, the list goes on for like a paragraph. There's a lot going on here. And can we get that Murano glass there? I think that you would have to probably go to the mainland, or, okay. <laughs> but it's nearby. I think it's the island next door. You could polish them off in a day. Right. Yeah. I think hit them both, go on a gondola ride. Get on a gondola. Buy some glass. To, get some glass. And then go to the haunted island, the other haunted yeah. island. And then put on your masquerade mask and go to a weird party. Right. Go to the Doge's apartment. I know. So the island has variously been called the Island of Madness, the world's darkest epicenter, and a cesspool of dread. Oh, dear. Yeah. Is it the cruise ships? Because they, too, are nearby. <laughs> I think it would be fair to call most cruise ships a cesspool of dread. They're, like, 12 stories high. Like, when you go there, it's amazing. Like, I, I, anyway, okay, keep going. Sorry. Uh, don't worry. Uh, that's, what, <laughs> that's what the podcast is about. Pavalia is one of the many small islands that dot the Venetian lagoon of northern Italy. It's located between Venice and Lido. The island has a long, twisted, and tumultuous history that has a large shadow of evil and sinister goings-on. The first inhabitants there came in the year 421 AD to escape the barbarian hordes that were ravaging Venice at the time. I didn't know that barbarians had boats. No. That seems seems like hmm, a bit beyond them. What was the vehicle of choice for barbarians in 421? Just a log, probably. A log. <laughs> Just... Row out, get them. A club. <laughs> These bedraggled early inhabitants were beset by rampaging barbarians, and regular fighting was commonplace as they fought to keep the hordes at bay. On an island? That seems like a bad place to escape to. Like, you're kind of trapped. Yeah, but I just feel like this island, I mean... It's, it's pretty swampy, though. I mean, like, yeah, maybe at low tide you can walk out there, you know, through the sludge. I don't know how deep the Venetian Lagoon gets at certain points, but I'm sure it was probably pretty soupy. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I do not know. In the 9th century, despite the huge amount of blood that has been spilled on its soil, Pavalia became a more populous island and was steadily inhabited for centuries until its people were displaced in 1379 
in order for the government to use the island as a station with which to battle attacking fleets from the Genoese, with whom the Venetians had a long-standing bloody rivalry. That's fishy, because that's all the way on the other side. So it seems like there would be other people battling besides the Genovese, but... Hmm. Maybe that's just like a convenient excuse to get them off the island, like, "Mm, yeah, we want it. Yeah, Get out. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, the rulers of Venice were not necessarily known for being the most fair and reasonable. Yeah, I think rulers in general back then... It's fair. Didn't have it was it wasn't very human humanitarian. No, mostly like gold, like, silk, and like sex party based. I think. And there wasn't like you know the UN wasn't formed yet. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if you had a problem with the Doge, you can't really be like, hey, yeah, no, you're on your own. We're gonna kill you. Right. Everyone was evacuated, and uh, uh, they built an intimidating battlement um, that still stands today. Uh, there are also rumors that say Pavelli was used as a base by the English from which to ambush and slaughter French soldiers during the Napoleonic War. Oh, yeah. Napoleon was all over the place in Italy yeah. then. Yeah. Uh, which is apparently claimed by numerous French shipwrecks, which litter the bottom of the lagoon. Interesting. So, yeah, that's a, it's a hopping place, not in a good way. After that, the island remained uninhabited and mostly forgotten until the bubonic plague swept through <sighs> Europe, leaving death in its wake. Okay, that's always scary. I know. The the government, well, especially if you're on an island, like that's got to be real nasty. And in fact, the government of Venice, famous for its strict sanitary laws, turned several of the islands in the lagoon, including Pavelia, into quarantine stations. Eek. Referred to as uh, lazarettos, starting from 1403. Wait, say that again? Uh, lazarettos. Hmm, lazarettos? Yeah. I don't know about um, Probably not a typically used word. Yeah. <laughs> it's a plague it. station. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like a delicious cannoli. It does. Like, ooh, do you want some lazarettos? Mm. It almost sounds, the way that you're saying it, a little bit, a little bit like Spanish. Like, ooh, do you want some lazarettos? I mean, my Italian pronunciation is apparently not great. <laughs> It's pretty good. <laughs> These quarantine stations were usually used to confine people who displayed symptoms of the plague and were thought to be ill. Okay. After which, if they were found to be healthy, they could go on their way. Eek. It seems like probably being on an island full of plague yeah. victims, you're gonna, you know. It's, yeah, you can't really win. That's a no win. It's a preschool full of chicken pox. It's gonna happen. Yeah, for sure. Eventually, after 40 days, they were given a clean bill of health and they were let go. And in fact, the Italian word for 40 days, quaranta giorni, See? is where the modern term quarantine comes from. Oh, interesting. Cool. There you go. Right? Turns out. All roads lead to Rome in 40 days. <laughs> However, as the plague grew worse and the death toll mounted, these quarantine stations went from slightly unpleasant holding facilities to something more like hell on earth. Mm-hmm. As the plague reached a furious pitch, those who exhibited even the slightest symptoms were banished to the island to live out their remaining days in agony. <laughs> Get out. You're looking a little peaked. I was, I, no, it was, there was dust in my lung. Get out. <laughs> and eventually, the quarantine stations became the dumping grounds for thousands of bodies that were left in the wake of the disease, which were thrown into hastily dug grave pits to be buried or burned. Okay, so why wouldn't they just throw them out to sea? 
I mean, I know probably respect for. Sure. I feel like also from, because there aren't like strong currents in Venice, right? Is it? I don't know. Hmm. That feels like, it feels like unexpectedly good ecological hygiene. I feel like there is strong currents in Hmm. Venice, but I also feel like that that would be a, a huge, huge, huge disrespect to. Uh, yeah, from a primarily very Jesusy people, it seems like that'd like, be an issue. Yeah, you can't do that. Because otherwise, yeah, just throw them on a barge and like drag them out in right. the Adriatic, and you're fine. Um, but instead of doing that, um, they threw them into hastily dug grave pits to be buried or burned. Parentheses if they got around to it. And between 1629 and 1631, an estimated eighty thousand people died. And the Venetian lazarettos earned a reputation for being putrid pits of decomposing corpses. Oh, no. As the panicked government desperately tried to staunch the spread of the disease, many of the people were dragged unwillingly away from their homes and families uh, to die on Pavalia. How is big a, is this island? It doesn't seem like it's that big, which makes it even worse <laughs> if it's... Yeah, if like you wonder if it's a small island, like you could probably break down what percentage of it is actually just made of corpses at this point. Like all of it. So what's there now? Nothing. Well, we're gonna get to that. Okay, keep going. Sorry. Um. So, even after the peak of the plague, Venice remained vigilant, and in 1776, Povelia was taken over by the Public Health Office, or the Magistrato alla Sanità. Uh, It was used as a quarantine checkpoint for all people and goods being transported by ship from the Adriatic into the Venetian Lagoon. So it's a real, like, we've been burned before. Right. Let's check some shit out. You're not getting in. You got rats. You got plague rats. (laughs) (laughs) Over the course of the bubonic plague, it is thought that the corpses of around 160,000 people ended up on Pavalia. Oh, my God. Like, there wasn't even enough land. Uh, so many so that it is said that much of the island's soil is actually just composed of human ash. Ash, so they burned them. Yeah. It's a burned and buried. I'm sure they probably were kind of slapdash about it. By the 1900s, so <laughs> jumping forward a bit. <laughs> a bit in history, um, but by the 1900s, a dark history of death and decay already saturated the land here, but Pavalia had not yet seen the end of its morbid destiny. In 1922, existing buildings on the island were renovated and <gasps> turned into an asylum for the mentally ill. Oh my god, how can we layer this? Bad mojo on Pavalia. To your point, not long after that, patients started complaining of seeing ghosts and hearing disembodied wailing spirits. <gasps> so... Wait, let me guess. Then it ended up being like some sort of concentration camp during World War II. <laughs> like, how can how could this possibly get any worse? It gets worse. Everyone's complaining about wailing ghost voices. The doctors claimed that these were merely the rantings of deranged, insane exactly. minds. Yeah. Yeah. We're on an island made out of corpses. Right. Probably fine. With crazy people. With they're crazy, crazy people. Of course sure. they're hearing things. They're yeah. having psychotic breaks. I doubt that it's anything. I right. saw a ghost yesterday as a doctor, but it's fine. It was probably just no. a patient. Nah, right. Exactly. Nah, we can ignore that. I'm picturing Mike Myers. <laughs> You know when they come Halloween and they pull up and like all oh. and it's raining and they're all wandering around out in the whoops <laughs> they're all wandering around out in the rain like 
hey, okay. I'm in my gown. I it, thought, maybe not like that. Yeah, I thought you meant like Austin Powers, Mike Myers. Oh no, like Michael Myers from <laughs> Halloween. Yeah, that's more scary. I feel like visually you're in the right place. I think you should play that music. We'll edit that in now. That was a really scary scene. Yeah. Lawsuits the, from John Carpenter be damned. The windshield wipers, yeah, yeah, yeah. the rain. No, it's terror. They're just there in the, the headlights. Just wandering around aimlessly. Yeah. Ugh. In their evening gowns. I mean, <laughs> hospital gowns. The kind of gown that telegraphs insanity. <laughs> I think, I mean. Their tiaras. <laughs> their long their gloves. gloves. <laughs> I think in the same way that like. You said Mike Myers, and I pictured Austin Powers. <laughs> it would be scary to see Michael Myers in the rain. It would also be scary to see Michael. What uh, happened to him? Austin Powers? M- Mike Myers, because then he well, was remember- in Bohemian Rat. He was in that, and he was that, the, I, um, coincidentally, the guy who was like, no, it's too long, and yeah. he... Well, and he got a pushback when he was doing Wayne's World, right? They were like, no, you can't, you know, you need to do Guns N' Roses and not Bohemian Rhapsody. He's yeah. like, no, this is like, I need to stay true to my youth. Yeah. Well, remember like a couple of years ago, we were, I think we were in San Francisco and the gong show came on. Oh, yeah. And it was, what was well, that? And, and we he were, was in disguise. Yeah, that's it. Like, it, it was like Tom Cruise in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> it took us like 10 minutes to be like, Who's the key grip? Go punch that guy happening? in the head. <laughs> right. No, I totally remember that. Um, it wasn't just disguise. He was also doing a character. Like, he was doing like a weird Scottish accent. Which he does. Yeah. Honestly, he, come, he does it a lot. He works <laughs> it. It works for him. And the whole, we watched um, Goldmember. A couple weeks ago, and the the Dutch character, oh, the titular gold member, right? Like, yeah. and he then you you watch the commentary, and he's like, I I was watching, and this guy had a farm, and do your Dutch accent. Oh uh, yeah, sure. To. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was Going a to farm, have to but it's a farm. It's also it, it was a farm, but now it's a farm for couples who have sex. <laughs> but do it in your accent. Yes, so it used to be a farm, but now it is a farm for people who have sex. <laughs> yes, it's that. And so that's how he, what he based Gold Member on. <laughs> Meanwhile, on okay, Pavalia. Go back. Sorry, we got off piece. Um, we're in the insane asylum. A doctor there became convinced that lobotomies were a sound method to treat and cure whatever ailed. But did they really, like, how are they doing that? Oh, well... The doctor conducted all manner of lobotomies on his unwilling patients using tools such as hammers, nails, drills, chisels, with, and this is an editorial note, with very little of it having any sound theoretical basis. Yeah. It turns out. I mean, who thought of that to begin with? It's a weird... Was it the Egyptians? Should we blame them? They said this was a good way to get the brain out. (laughs) Maybe it'd be a good way to quiet it down. Where are those cats at? (laughs) The cat said it was a good idea. <laughs> um, unfortunate, well, not unfortunately, quite fortunately in terms of like karma, things did not end well for the good doctor. The story goes that he began to be harassed by ghosts, menacing shadows and strange voices gibbering away in his head. And eventually, after being driven stark mad by the constant phantom assault, it is said that the doctor proceeded to throw himself or according to some accounts, was thrown by some unseen force from the top of the bell tower. It's always the bell tower. Yeah. 
I think just from an from an editorial perspective, I think it would be better if that doctor gave himself a lobotomy. But how would he do that? Like through the nose? Yeah, you know, you go right under the eye. I don't think he knew that then. Yeah, probably not. But it would have been more poetic, you know. Right. So, uh... They weren't working out. Threw, threw himself, himself out of a bell, bell tower. Um, eventually, in 1968, <gasps> Italy... I was one. The asylum was closed. About time. 68. I know, because it had been really... You know, like, we don't move very fast there. Like, it takes a long time. Can you explain to me why, yeah, a a mental asylum that was full of lobotomized patients and ghosts managed to coexist with the Beatles. You know, because they didn't even know the Beatles had existed, right? The the Beatles didn't actually get to Italy until like 1985. So (laughs) that's why. And then it was just a few short years until they were like, oh yes, beat it uh, very good. That was not... (laughs) A Russian accent. (laughs) I can't do an Italian accent. Uh, Oh God, it gets... (laughs) It gets worse. Upon closing, mm. the island was mostly used for agriculture. Let's grow some things and eat them. Such as vineyards. Oh, no. Ghost wine. Oh, I love wine from that area. It's <laughs> so delicious. I like how you pull the cork out of the bottle and, and then it just screams. And right, like I'm getting sense of charred hip bone yeah just a little bit of i like when i drink it i get a headache but one that feels like there's a drill being put into my brain iron maybe blood do you feel like jumping out of a bell tower kind of (laughs) but wait they can't be i mean what what year was that that was in the 60s okay so those vineyards could be kind of established they well go from there eventually the island was abandoned for unknown reasons. Yeah. Um, another family had planned to build a vacation home there when they suddenly and inexplicably gave up on their dream. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. Weird. Rumor has it that the daughter of the family mysteriously fell and had Out of her the bell face. Tower. <laughs> she was up there playing with the ice picks. She fell and mysteriously had her face split or ripped open on the island. Um, uh, which is a horrible injury, and there's never been any explanation as to how or why it happened. She split her face. Yeah, and basically since... So the rumor is that the kid fell and split her face open in an inexplicable accident. Uh, People and, fall all the time. What That has nothing <clears throat> to do with paranormal. Well, they say that the wound was so nightmarish, it required like 14 facial stitches. Um, 14? And, yeah. Oh my God, that's nothing. Well... I mean, super glue it, butterfly bandit. They're just... saying that there's no explanation as to what happened to inflict such a wound. Um, I think they're the, being dramatic. But the popular rumor is that a violent entity brutally attacked her, mm-hmm. which I think on this island is fair. Normally, I would give them some shit, but if you're standing on an island made of bones, yeah. I mean, really, this is the only documented case of ghost attack? With such a long and gruesome history of blood and misfortune, it's perhaps no surprise that all Pavalia, with its spooky, crumbling buildings overrun with weeds and earth... This guy's editorializing a bit. Earth and weeds? Yeah. um, Crumbling buildings overrun with weeds and its earth filled with plague pits and skeletons... Okay, that makes more sense. ...is considered to be intensely haunted. 
Hmm. It's a place that exudes a sense of menace and malice, and many who go there report being immediately beset with a feeling of heavy dread and despair, Aww. which seems to hang in the air like a tangible cloud. I believe it. Uh, there are those who, upon setting foot on the island, are suddenly overcome with the uncontrollable urge to turn back and flee. Okay. Which seems fair. Right. Uh, just bail. Get it? <laughs> um there are also reports of tortured wailing or moaning emanating from the island's various dilapidated buildings. Is it in Italian? The article? No, I mean the <laughs> no, moaning I'm not, and the wailing. I'm not simultaneously trans... Yeah. <laughs> like, wow, your Italian's good. Uh, I would imagine, probably. No, that's not what I meant. Like, the wailing and moaning. Yeah, probably. I mean, although, like... This is a question I have. Can you wail in a language? This is this is the question I have. Like, if you go to a haunted place and the ghosts are speaking, it's not. Yeah, is it like when you see Jurassic Park on like Hungarian TV and you're like, ah? No, no, no. Like, if the if are they if you hear them, are you hearing it in their local language? Yeah, I wonder. I would imagine maybe. Okay, so this is my this is sidebar. Sidebar to a sidebar to a sidebar. Right. Go on. So our vacation house. Yeah. Where we had, I always felt like there was maybe a little bit of something there. And the first time we went there with one of Zavin's friends when they were little and we, in the house, we were speaking Italian because usually you spoke English, right? Yeah. So we were in the house and we we're speaking Italian. That night we had a lot of activity hmm. and I feel like they were like, what are they saying? What are you saying? Like <laughs> that makes it such a it. That's a real stuff. bummer. So then we started speaking Italian, and then that night, like we had a bunch of activity, and I'm like, you know, it kind of makes sense if they're interactive or active if they're versus in, if, residual. If it's an intelligent yeah. haunting, and there's so that was my ghost. hypothesis. So I'm like, oh, when we're here, we can't speak Italian because then it kind of like you know kind of act you know they might like hey we can talk to you now i'm just i'm picturing a ghost like trying to mime boo like (laughs) (laughs) like is this this is universal what's he trying to say i know what i'm sorry that's not translating (laughs) okay anyway sidebar sidebar in addition to the uncomfortable feeling that everyone has when they get to the island right there have been many occurrences of the bell tower ringing inexplicably in the night oh come on spooky no (laughs) we have you know how many bells we've got all the time i mean every every hour some shaken witnesses have even described picking around in the remains of the old asylum and being commanded by an unearthly voice to leave and never come back (laughs) so it must be in italian then i think if somebody's telling you to get out like in any language you probably understand it fair you would i mean i guess if yeah if you were in a haunted house and you heard something you would assume they probably weren't like close the door yeah i love you no me too thanks (laughs) (laughs) many people have seen shadowy figures skulking about in the dim ruins of the island i think it's nutria and psychics who have visited pavalia in particular, have described it as a harrowing place filled with malignant, long-suffering, and very angry entities. Can you blame them? No. I think that's entirely fair. If you're some kind of plague ghost and you are surrounded by other plague ghosts... It's a big plague pissed-off party, is what I say. Yeah. Like, well, because, you know, like, if you're sick, the last people you want to be around are other sick people. Oh, my God, right? 
Other ghostly encounters are more aggressive and physical. Reports of people being brushed, nudged, or shoved by invisible hands are not uncommon, and there are cases of attacks by unseen forces that are almost brutal in nature. One of the most infamous ghostly incidents on the island was captured on film by the TV show <gasps> Ghost Adventures. I think I saw it. With Zach Baggins. Oh my God. If there's any ghosts here, he, they're antagonizing. <clears throat> yeah, that show should be called Ghost Provokers. Yeah, totally. The crew stranded themselves on the island for 24 hours to see what they could come up with and immediately had their equipment giving off weird readings. It's quickly followed by inexplicable equipment malfunctions yeah, and a pervasive, the batteries go dead. Yeah, pervasive sense of dread. But things got out of hand when when Zach, apparently the author is on a first name basis. For sure. Um, was wandering the island provoking the spirits in Italian. Yeah. <laughs> He's just yelling at him. Oh, this dude's a fucking ass. When he was viciously assaulted by some unseen and obviously unfriendly entity. He just he was asking for it. They say whether it's haunted or not, Pavalia is certainly a place that invites fear and a sense of desolation. And the buildings that remain there, including a church, bell tower, hospital. Um, but and how house- do you even get there? Like, do you have to get a boat? Yeah. The ferries aren't going to take you there. No, you got to get a private boat out. I think actually it was... Um, I think we should, next time you come, we're going to get some paddle... Charter a boat. We're going to get paddle boards. <laughs> well, Let's get I don't want to touch tube. the water. <laughs> no, kidding. Ugh. <laughs> Your dad's all about renting boats. Like we get some wine, we get some cheese, we rent a boat in Venice, and then we just like head over there. Like it can be like... How did all of the Leonettis die? (laughs) It was a little bit of a cruise, like cruising around on the boat, and then let's go to the haunted island. Many of the buildings on the island are so choked with weeds and ivy that they're barely recognizable, instead appearing as they mounds could of vegetation. Nutria. They would eat the vines. I don't know. I can't get a beat on your stance on nutria. You seem both positive and <laughs> <I> negative. <know. laughs> I'm trying. Or goats. <laughs> Let's get some goats on the island. And we could also then milk the goats and have goat cheese. I don't want to eat that cheese. <laughs> That's corpse cheese. In the same way that I don't want to drink the Pavalia wine, I don't want to eat I'm the Pavalia I'm just trying to cheese. be like efficient about the whole process. I Making think, lemonade out of lemons. Keep going. Um, we're, we're, we're coming to the end here. Um, so the muck and soil there is so permeated with human ash and bone that occasionally skulls or skeletons just turn up, up unearthed. Oh, dear. Yeah. Uh, or they're washed up on shore or dredged up in fishermen's nets oh, no. from the surrounding waters. Avalon, I feel like this is one of your scariest ghost stories you've told on your podcast. Surprisingly, yes. Like this I is... feel like your other ghost stories are kind of silly <laughs> and not very ghosty. Apparently the Italians really get down to business with their nightmares. This um, is this is the shit. This ugh. is a real ghost story. Yeah. Yeah. Currently Currently, Pavalia is uninhabited. Oh, God. And is mostly used for agricultural purposes such as vineyards. Still. Still. You can get Pavalian I'm wine. getting some. Send me a bottle. You just wait. <laughs> Christmas. Send me a bottle. Hanukkah. Of your Italian ghost wine. You're getting it. Your birthday. <laughs> um, my anniversary. Thanksgiving. Um, it's coming to you. God. Uh, it's said that fishermen tend to avoid the island. Hell and, yeah. And... The only time people really go on there is to harvest grapes. They shouldn't even do that. White, and also it's white wine. Oh, but also, 
Apparently, it is possible to venture there, but due to the Italian government's closure of the island, so it's the government fucking closed it. It's got to be bad. They're like, no, fucking get out. You know, it's got to be. For the Italian government to be like, no, no, no. Yeah, no, that, that, (laughs) you know, that's, that's, that's serious. That's like Jurassic. There's dinosaurs there or something. Like, it has to be real bad. Ghosts will find a way. Yikes. Yeah, so you can theoretically get a permit to um, be to visit yeah you, you can, have to get a permit yes omg you have to go through the italian government to get a permit to visit pavilion and even then it says permit is not a guarantee as few people are willing to take you there it seems genuinely really spooky um you know how hard it is to to end up in an Italian prison. Can you, so I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, if you ended up there because, I was trying to go to the ghost you island. No, like it's so hard to get like in prison in Italy. You have had to have done something so, so bad. So, so the fact that they did this, it's got to be really bad. Yeah, there has to be, it's got to be super fucked up. Well, and this is like, as a weird little cap to it, the somber reputation and lurid stories have proven to be a hurdle for those wishing to develop the island. In 2014, the Italian government announced that it would issue a 99-year lease to potential buyers in an attempt to ease its public debt, with the hope that any takers would turn the land into a tourist resort, as had been done with other lagoon islands, such as Sacasesola. Sacasesola. which sounds like a Muppet, and San Clemente. Such plans met with much resistance and opposition from locals, and with the island's horrific and gloomy past. So, so far it says there there have been no takers. Which, it's gotta be bad. Yikes. Everybody, like, international, what is it, H- house hunters or whatever? Like, everybody's one. You, you would think, like, you, you, do, you think. Wanna, do you want to buy a Venetian island? You could just, it's right yeah. there got to be pretty bad it's made of bones (laughs) and i'm just wondering if that's probably more of it versus the paranormal piece like you can't get any real estate without having a skull or something like it's probably more that like but they could also just like a a skull if you're lucky i mean it's probably going to be like every time the tide comes and you're like oh there's another femur they could just like take it they could dredge the Lido, and they could just put dirt all they could i mean they there's things that they could do if that was really the case i feel like that seems like one of those places that you should probably just bulldoze let it be just let the sea take it let and it and you know with rising seas it won't be long give it some time we'll that's be fine. right it's gonna um, it's taking care of itself thank you climate change mm. pavalia is not gonna seems... be an issue much longer the sea takes care of so many things. Right. The sea is spoken. <laughs> was it you who saw that like armoire just floating around in the ocean? <laughs> was this one of your friends who was like, I think it might have been Kimmy who like went to the beach and there was just like, there was just a chest of drawers a couple hundred feet out. Like somebody just, eh, give it back to Poseidon. Yeah, no, I don't want this anymore. So yeah, that is the terrifying island that is Pavalia. Uh, that seems terrifying. Okay, so... We normally do like a custom rating on this show. So like we, we come up with a rating system that's unique. I'm giving that 10 Nutria. <laughs> 10. Out of what? 10. 10 out of 10 Nutria? Yes. Okay. I'm giving it um, 8 out of 10 ice pick lobotomies. <laughs> <laughs> that 
it's okay. It's spooky. That was really terrifying. That's like, a good one. I want to go there. I'm uh, gonna have a field trip. I want to have an Ausflug. I wonder how much of the restrictions on that place are because it is made of bones. Like, if the fear is that people are going to I'm go, going and, to, like, I'm going to do some research. Maybe you could add it back. I'm going to. Good lord, I'm going to do some research and see if I can find stuff in Italian, which might give us a. More information, yeah. That's so the asylum and everything—it's all just still there, just just freestanding. Which I think is... that'd make a great Airbnb. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> the dust and nutria bones lay thick on the ground in Pavilia. Right? <laughs> um, yikes! So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that one was was pretty spooky. It's a good one, if a little bit long winded. Yes, but also I feel like we have some corroboration. Is that the right way to say it? Mm-hmm. Like with the Italian government, which we know That's, is solid. Yeah, like Italian government, right up there with the Italian government would happily sell you your own mother-in-law. Like they're they're not on the ball. The fact that they're they're you you're not allowed to go there has got to be pretty bad. Yeah, yeah basically do whatever you want. Don't go there. But you can't. Go Please there. don't go there. Yeah. That's the that's the spookiest part of it. I need to read this and I can't think. Okay, go. Sorry. Um Oh, so I you you pick. Yeah. So now I get to pick. I'm kinda thinking that You're maybe going for the Lago di Garda one, aren't you? And the Lago de like, yeah, the Lake Garda monster which seems to be named Benny. <laughs> Benny. <laughs> Benny and the Jets. <laughs> I'm Benny the Lake Garden Monster. That is not even an Italian name. But Italians like to give their dogs. <laughs> Ciao, sono Benny. Il monstro di Lake Garda. Because Italians don't want to insult other Italians, so they're going to give their dogs and their lake monsters American names. Is that like why? Toby and Justin and Charlie. And Benny, because we wouldn't want to name him Luigi or Mario, because we know a Luigi and we know a Mario. Sure, Mario is your cousin, so you can't you can't exactly. name exactly. The... <laughs> but Toby and Justin screw you. I don't know Toby. Don't even need to worry about that. So okay, I'm conflicted. I'm tempted either by the the Lake Garda monster or the witches. Hmm. The witches, you spent a lot of time growing up in Liguria on the beaches. Witches are cool. And the picture in the article. <gasps> Casa de la Strega. Which is, which translates to. The House of Witches. That sounds pretty cool. I know. Um, I think as much as I would like to talk about. <laughs> Betty. <laughs> <laughs> Il monstro del lago de Garda. <laughs> okay, I swam in that lake. I'm. I, nothing happened to me. I have to explain. Last week we were talking about there was something. They were saying that like there was a crater lake monster that they called Wizzy. <laughs> Wizzy, as in Peden. <laughs> and we were like, that's the incontinent lake monster. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm Wizzy. Got to pee. <laughs> so that's why it's Benny. <laughs> but wait. Something happened earlier this summer in um, in Lake Como. Jellyfish and, are not monsters. No, this is crazy. There was a Swiss girl who was also a Swiss um, national um, football soccer player.
player dives off the boat, disappears. Disappears. Like literally this happened a few months ago. And so they never found her body. Were there witnesses? Like, were yeah, there... there were people on the boat that saw her dive in. How many? Um, there was a handful. Like I saw the article. I saw the article in English and in Italian. So you're Weird. so Joe Joe was telling me about this. I'm like, what? So the, the what they were saying is that there's, um, but then I'm like, oh foul play. But they were also saying because Lake Como has a lot of um, uh, like whirlpools. Like you get sucked down into a whirlpool oh. and you're like just gone. Like you get because of all the mountains, right? Like if there's like under, you know, like I'm not sure. Anyway, they said that this is not the first time that this has happened but because this this was kind of a famous young woman swiss woman yeah disappeared off the yeah in within the last two months so where your floaties it could be and right and maybe benny said hey i'm gonna go on vacay i'm going from lago di garda i'm going over to como so, i'm gonna be doing my work over there so the mayor of como is like the mayor in jaws he's like no right. keep like, the lake open keep the lake no We're not... die keep die. the lake open La spiaggia. <laughs> yeah no it was like no this is just nothing's happening it was just a propeller from a boat it was a boating accident a propeller like Bodies still float. Well, this was the thing. I'm like, who was on the boat? I okay. Was is it, it a, foul play? Is like, it a but Natalie they Wood found, situation? Right, would, they would have found the body. Would have shown up. Yeah, there was no body. So weird. And also, she's an athlete. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah, so you would think like, even, I mean, she's not a swimmer, but like you'd be like, you're fit. Yeah. Uh, when we were when Mike was on, we were talking about like there's rumors about potential underwater tunnels between yeah, Pyramid Lake exactly. and That's Lake Tahoe. And yeah, same. I was wondering, I, when I had heard that, and then your dad and I were talking about that, like maybe that was something... Got sucked under. Exactly. Yikes. Yeah, so or, anyway... maybe Benny was hungry. Benny came over to Como from Garda. <laughs> through the tunnel. Through the tunnel. And he was hungry. Right, yeah. and he... Yeah. Um, well, as much as we've built up the northern Italian lakes and all of their beauty and th- that ineffective mayor who just demands that they keep the lake open, I think I'm going to have to do the witches just because it sounds cooler. Yes. Okay. So this is the witches of Triora. Walking through the alleys of the village in the province of Imperia, it is clear that the place has something mysterious. In the maze of narrow streets, passing under a bow and Another among the slate houses, a magical, macabre charm amidst atmosphere of the witchland, Salem Italiana Triora. <gasps> was there Salem in there? I know. They said Salem. <laughs> this was it. Hey, wait. So for the listeners, Liguria is a beautiful coastal region that is full of like beach parties and delicious frito misto. Yeah, and like the beautiful azure, like blue, yeah, turquoise. The bluest oceans you'll ever see. Right. But also witches. So wait for it. Famous for its bread and for the terrible court case of witches in the second half of the 1500s. <laughs> Triora almost seems to boast that charm. And as always, Avalon, these articles are written by like Rhodes Scholars. And <laughs> so it's a little bit clunky. I know. I always feel like when people are reading this, it's always like, huh? What? Huh? Do we need a comma? If What's happening dedicated here? dedicated your life to like writing a ghost story on the internet. Eh, okay. I'll, gi- I'll yeah. give it to you. 
Okay, so many details in the village between the sacred and the profane <gasps> tell ancient stories of faith and paganism, decorations of oxen, stone heads, characters wrapped in mystery, announcements, sacred motives, but also black cats and brooms on doorways, and places to avoid after sunset. It almost seems that in Trioria, the witches have always been and maybe are still there. I mean, it sounds like a pretty cool place. I think it sounds like it was written by a lonely expat who can't get a full-time job. I mean, a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. <laughs> Okay. But with that with that description, like I'm picturing, you know, that the the pub in American Werewolf in London where they're just like they're all hanging out. I was like, what's hey, what's that star? Silence. I love that movie so much. It's great. But like that's th- this is the cool thing about these ghost stories is that because in American ghost stories, it's always like yeah, there was a prospector and he done gone haunted the mine. But here you're like, there's witches and old, old pagans and bullhorns. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, okay. There's a spookiness that we don't get in America. It's cool. Because Italy's older. Okay, yes, in Triorea, the witches have always been. Only the name from the Latin, Triora, three mouths, (laughs) makes us think of the Cereberos. Cerberus. Cerberus, thank you. I can't pronounce, you know. That was the, um, in... Uh, mythology was the the three-headed dog yeah yeah does the guardian of greek hell should symbolize the confluence of the three rivers near which the village rises whoa okay so even that's <laughs> what's your village named after the hellhound that's okay don't worry about that nothing worrying there here no. hop on this broomstick a place that since its origins was a center in close contact with the world of the afterlife since the prehistoric times the area is dotted with menhir and stone circles hmm Hmm. That's a word I don't know. The Here, town? just say uh, an area dotted with stone circles. There you go. Like Stonehenge? I guess, yeah. Or like maybe it's like, you know, those like fairy hills kind of mm. things. All those like little weird stone circles and that you see in the UK. Yes. Spooky. Okay. This is there. Okay. So the town dates back to Roman times. Oh, please. Like everything's pre-Roman. Like every, everything is like, it's a Roman town. It's like, aren't, weren't they all? <laughs> Fucking Edinburgh was a Roman town. Like Everything <laughs> that's a circle, right? Um, yeah. Starts with a circle and everything circles around yeah. it. It's a Roman town. Yeah. Fucking London was a Roman town. Everything. It's, come on. Yawn. Ooh. The town dates back to Roman times, the times of the Iron Age, of the matriarchal tradition that takes its origin from the mysterious Celtic Ligurian rite of the goddess mother Balbo. Okay, weird. That's depicted on ancient statues of bone, stone, or ivory, like a woman with four breasts and teeth of wolf in the most intimate part. Wait, what? That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So in terms of the things that I don't expect to find in northwestern Italy, a statue of a four-breasted lady with vag teeth. Right. <laughs> it's not what I would expect from Italy. Interesting. Scary. Yeah. Go on. Statuettes carried by the priestesses as a sign of defense against the violence of a male guerrilla society in those times. Okay, so wait. This is, that is actually a thing, like, in old folklore. It's called vagina dentata. And oh, yeah. it is like you do see like, okay, so maybe this is where that comes from. Maybe. Because that's, yeah. This was how the goddess Balbo was vulgarized with the passage of centuries in a kind of old woman who warned the girls about the deception of male sexual malevolence. 
are they trying to say there that it's like it comes from a place of like early rudimentary feminism? Yeah, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm thinking. Cool. Why hasn't, okay, this is a true sidebar. Why hasn't that been co-opted as like the imagery of feminism? It's all like, you know, girl power and like pictures of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Why isn't it just like, like vagina the- dentata <laughs> like that seems like the most effective metaphor right but i also feel like that's actually used as anti-rape like there's there was that the south african inventor mm-hmm. who did the yep. yeah so kind of true it comes for history comes full circle exactly like hey <laughs> okay the matriarchal society could only be horrible and scary by creating myths and legends and increasing fear. The fear of witches in the West Liguria, women with magical powers that created powerful potions, made strange rituals, passed their knowledge to their young females who could be recognized by a hairy fan in the back. <laughs> so is it like the handkerchief in the back pocket? Yeah, like, like, hey, which way do you go? Red, (laughs) yellow? Hair fan. Is your 501 Levi's? Which button's undone? Okay. Um, It is said that the little witches during lactation bite their mother's nipples so much that they bled. Okay, that's just normal. That's not anything weird. That happens for all babies. This is bizarre. Okay, so many, too many proof of the Trioria area speaks of witches even before the 1587 trial. In 1400, a church was built dedicated to San Gerolamo and then to San Bernardino that its interior narrates the dark soul of the place and the climate of fear. The terrible frescoes inside show a scary universal judgment with special creeps of suffering, damned demons, blood, anguished children, capital flaws, all to foster the growing psychological terrorism at the expense of population already working in pain under the rule of powerful... Okay, this is such a run-on. Who translated this? (laughs) I need to breathe, and there's no commas. So, there's a scary church. There's a scary church. Whatever was considered adverse, ill, strange, or mysterious was the result of evil sorcery. So, Christianity, go on. Um... Some people say that the Baguire, which is in dialect, were preparing a bread using the infected wheat from the Poporia mushroom containing lysergic LSD. Acid, LSD, a, a powerful hallucinogen <laughs> that made crazy. So you need an article in there that made, or a pronoun that made you, he, she crazy. But that they didn't made. Pr- Crazy. That made Just one made crazy. crazy. Yeah. But okay, so wait, they're saying. And it's called the infamous witch bread. Cool. I want some witch bread. I, know. I feel like <laughs> this is like all great. these things. It's like, oh, I want to go home and visit my parents. <laughs> so, okay. So they're saying that these witches would, would dose, Trip. basically dose people with LSD. It's sounding like it. Cool. That sounds like a party. I know. There are those who warn not to go to the place called Cabotina, where witches all play banging children and make strange satanic rituals. I feel like this started out well, and then it was translated poorly. <laughs> hi. Hi, English-speaking friend. Can you begin translating this? And then, yeah. Like, sure, yeah. I'll sit down, have a couple of glasses of wine, <laughs> and translate it as a good... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now Then make the weird banging with the drug witch bread. <laughs> You're just going to have to use Google Translate. You're on your own. (laughs) Um, 
Okay. There are, however, those who consider the deceitful women as simply innocent of the extraordinary talents that can create soothing potions and make benevolent spells <laughs> using rites handed down from afar. Comma. This sounds like I'm I having a stroke. <laughs> I feel like I'm having a stroke. I haven't taken any of the LSD or eaten the bread. I didn't have any of salmon mousse. <laughs> You Americans with your. <laughs> Wait, it's, I need to finish the sentence. It's such a shame, too, because like it's a really cool story. No. <laughs> Ideally. Anyway, go on. So there's witch bread and there's children. Okay. I don't there's know. There's a comma. Finally, but this was not enough to save the reputation and the life of the witches of Trioria. The atmosphere at Triora was far from rosy. Sure. Right? Okay. So that nature wanted to give a further shake to the already fragile stability of the Triora community, bringing a period of famine. Oh, good. Okay. So. There you go. Um, it took little time for the poor and ignorant people to pass that what was actually the result of speculations between the landowners and the rulers of the village, that famine was due to the wicked Beguire, the sorcerers, the witches. Oh, the, damn those witches. It's always them. So there are stories about entire towns going insane and like killing each other and losing their minds. And the suspicion is that it was tainted wheat. It's like wheat got moldy and like right. these this fungus started producing LSD and everybody was just tripping balls. Tripping balls. So they've gone from everybody's losing their shit on tainted wheat to tainted love <laughs> god damn you soft cell <laughs> i know i love soft cell yeah they're great um for that one song sex dwarf yeah no that was it it's not good okay so <laughs> we've had we've had a lot of weird grammatical folly it's been a hard read yeah this has been this has gone off the rails so normally i get these and i'll like i'll read through the first couple paragraphs and this one seemed great and then it just took a left turn but i think we're gonna we can battle through you just wait for these bullets yeah okay you just wait <laughs> there's bullets coming there's bullets you oh wait good for it. okay let me finish <laughs> the sentence okay um so there's the famine they were ignorant. They blamed the famine on soft cell. I'm paraphrasing, recapping where we were at. Fair. It was just a simple local parliament in October of 1587 to start the Trior witch trial, which was probably similar to why they mentioned Salem. The religious authorities were called upon to intervene, and this made the Inquisition more greedy. I wouldn't use that word, but okay. Hmm. So during a sermon written to prepare the community before the trial began, you're throwing up some quotations. I know because there. it is. I'm the I'm there. That's what's there. <laughs> so Gerolamo del Pozzo, an inquisitor of Albania, which is a okay. So not like no, not Alba Kosovar. Like. No, <laughs> and I'm not. I still can never pronounce that right. Al and it looks like Albenga, but that G is sort of silent. Albania, Albenga, Albenga. Yeah, sorry, Albaga. And he accused the witches of the bullets, play ball with newborn babies. <laughs> I told you, wait for the bullets. Okay. Play ball. Like, I think baby, but newborn babies probably don't want to play ball. 
Are they playing ball with the newborn babies? Are they throwing balls at the babies? What's happening? Uh, yeah, listeners write in with your opinions. I assume that what they mean is in They're place throwing of throwing babies ball. around. Um, I, I mean, it's Italy, so it's probably like football. So they're probably kicking newborn babies around. Yeah, I don't know. Um, To revive the dead. What's wrong with that? That seems great. Prepare love and hatred filters with rotten corpses. I can't even. <laughs> I can't even begin. To, to prepare? Wait, what? don't look. You're cheating. You just wait for these bullets. To, to prepare love, love and filters hatred for filters the dead? With rotten corpses. Okay, wait. Maybe they mean like taking rotten corpses and like turning them into potions. Oh my God. How did you even get to that? I mean, I'm just, I'm really spitballing here. That, it seems logical. I'm trying okay. hard here. This sounds like fun to make their caterpillars disappear. <laughs> Grasshoppers and mice to devastate the crops. It's the plagues. I mean. Oh my God. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Ornament on the sacred place and the last bullet and other bad stuff. <laughs> okay. So at this point, <laughs> Skippy or whoever, mm. whoever the expat, is, the the drunk Welshman sitting in the bar. Okay, this was this. written by Ivan Pisoni, and I'm just oh. I know I feel like Ivan um, translated it, and his friend didn't translate it. I don't know. I just there's like four paragraphs left. I'm sorry. Okay, all of you who are watching me have to report the people who caused the death of the crops. These women or men represent the devil. Eat the children. That was in quotes. Okay, so I'm assuming that's a quote from the Inquisitor. Okay, let saying, me paraphrase a little bit. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Please do. So then the they they imprisoned twenty women. Spooky. And 13 girls and one child declared themselves guilty. Now, I feel like we're skipping over a lot of torture. Probably. It just seemed like a big old mess. And if you get to the point in your trial where children are admitting witchcraft, something has gone awry. Right. And the tragic trial, tra- they're not saying trial, they said trail, of which is ended in April 1589 under the pressure from Doja of Genoa, Davide Vaca. Um, and it's not clear about the fate of the women that were in prison, but according to some historians, they were let free. Let's hope. <laughs> okay. So um, but wait. This feels like one of those, like, look, kiddo, your dog, who is not here anymore, went to go on a farm. They you went to go what? live on a farm. Okay, can I just tell you, I had a hamster named Peanuts when I was little. I'm making this up. And <laughs> it was kind of holding me back because I had to feed it every day. And so one day I just opened the door and I just liberated Peanuts. You let him go. Peanuts was holding me back from from what I wanted to do. Which was witchcraft. Right. Yes. So this is a Peanuts situation. Okay. <laughs> um, so wait, this is a testimony of the beginning of the 20th century tells of a shoemaker what? with not one but two humps. <laughs> like a camel? What's happening? don't okay i'm just saying i'm i'm reading what i'm seeing it is said that at the time while playing the ave mara maria (laughs) the gates of the city would remain closed to prevent children from becoming prey to witches one day a child with a hump different person with because the shoemaker had two humps and this 
child only had one. <laughs> oh, what's up with the humps? Why didn't we even bring that up? <laughs> These humps had better be full of witches. I know. I don't know what's happening. Was Go it a cyst? Did it have teeth and hair? <laughs> one day, a child with a hump stayed out of the wall, and the witches <laughs> took him, cut his hump, and played with it all night. <laughs> The next morning, the baby was released and glad to have no further malformation. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's take a break there. To recap, this little kid had a hump. Wait, but you're back it up. The shoemaker's telling the story. He had two humps. The shoemaker, okay, shoemaker's telling the story. He's like, yeah, I might have two humps. Let me tell you about this kid who had one. The kid, staying out too late outside of the wall, witches get him. He did. He was asking for it. They cut him open, and they played with it. No, no, no. They take out his hump, and they play with the hump. Right. And then they fix the kid up, and they send him back, and he's fine. But wait, a mother of another child, also with a hump, left her son outside the walls, waiting for the same treatment. <laughs> but the witches, after playing them all night, applied a second hump. That feels like karma. You know, okay, I'm going to give that to the witches. Like, you do one good deed. Have you had a story like this? No, this is bizarre. Just from from a logistical standpoint, I'm going to give it to the witches where you do one good deed and then people expect you to do it every exactly. day. Exactly. Screw you. No. 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 You no. want me to bake cookies? I'm going to poop no. on your cookies. That's right. I'm going to give you two humps. So wait, okay, this is the shoemaker explaining why he has two humps? Yes. But wait, yeah, I don't even know. This... Another testimony of the post-war period tells of a beautiful woman of irresistible charm of which every man remained slaved or would be able to sell the soul for her. The woman had long, corny hair. <laughs> like Jiffy Pop? What's happening? I'm thinking that they're trying to say, like, maybe it's, like, wheat color. Oh, like flaxen hair? Like, yeah, deep black eyes and an inexpressive face, but sunlight was drawing. Everything becomes dark, the walls crack, the roses lost their petals, and the pregnant woman aborted after seeing her. <laughs> Avalon, you need to prove these stories. <laughs> okay, oh. now... Have you ever seen somebody so beautiful that you spontaneously they aborted? aborted? <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. Okay, there's just one paragraph left. So Stay with me. So you could also, like, I'm just going to summarize this. Yeah, hot. Go on. This, I don't even know where this is going. I think I'm going to have to try to look this up in Italian and see if it makes more sense. Please do. Yeah. Um. To answer the question, we quote two responses. Okay, are there still witches in Triora? That's what everybody's asking. So, okay, here's the thing. I read the first, like, two paragraphs. They seemed on point, and I scrolled down to the bottom, and it said, like, so to answer the question, are there still witches in Trio? I'm like, oh, cool. Okay, so there's, like, a summary, and they follow up with the town, and, like, we they talk to an official. what happened with the LSD bread. I think the author ate some. There was some humps. <laughs> there was some baby ball playing and other bad stuff. <laughs> There were other bullets there, too, that I feel like were more questionable or troubling. But anyway, so we've we the author has posed a question. Are there still witches in Triara? <laughs> so um, so to answer this question, we quote two responses from Sandro Odo, secretary of the Tourist Association of Triora and author issued during an exclusive interview. 
with FexPlanet.net saying, Anomalous happenings often happen. In my opinion, I was born here. Baby, they said to me, you do not have to go over there because that's a witch. (laughs) And I did not go there because I was scared. But I'm convinced that the witches, I'm still there. But it's not the witches who say they do pans. No, they are people who do not know. But we know who they are. Why are you correcting the way I'm pronouncing things? Because this is so messed up. I I love that it. It Wait. sounds like it was written by a robot at this point. They are people who have something bad, comma, bad, period. But not in, with a capital. Those who say they are witches are not witches, but they are good witches. There are some sensitive people. I have known them. When they are facing the witches, they immediately feel a negative energy. With one of these people, I suspected was a witch. They do evil without appearing, but they do it voluntarily. There's just a little bit left. Stay with me. There are also people who were bothered, period. When a person was overwhelmed, comma, that is wretched. It was carried by a scotchabagiria. There are good witches, but I think witches exist. I'm convinced they exist, but true witches are, I think we had a lot of espresso. (laughs) They're not the ones that are recognized, but the ones that are hiding and are able to enter the spirit of the person and to hurt. I'm convinced of this. And this is an elected official? There were no comments. After this article. Jesus Christ. Oh my God. It started off so well. What happened? I don't, like, that's the crazy thing. I wonder if this was like a class project and dude, Ivan just ran out of time. Yeah. Check it out. I wonder if this, like, it fucking, that just, it started out so well. It's crazy. So, like I said, we we have a custom rating system for ghost stories on this podcast. I'm not sure if that applies because that was definitely not a that was neither a ghost story nor was it a story. That was just weird. Somebody fell asleep on their keyboard. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. I think the LSD the bread the like moldy bread. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give that so, okay, normally we rate things on a scale of spookiness. Like, how spooky is it? I'm going to rate that on a scale of how much acid do I need to make it good. And I'm going to say four out of five witch breads, because that was just bananas. It was totally bananas. <laughs> I've never taken acid, but I felt like I was on acid. So, like, I feel like that was a bad acid trip. So how many bad acid trips would I say? Like, I would say out of what's, do I have a five? Yeah, I would say like five bad, like, yeah, let's do X out of five bad trips. I would say four out of five. Four out of five bad Bad acid trips. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's fair. That was great. That's so one of the recurring themes in Boohaha is that most ghost stories are not very good. Like, it takes a lot of work to write a, a good ghost story. Okay, we need to have a start, a middle, and an end. And through that, you need to have a point. You would think. You there's you, you draw your line between the start and the finish, and you figure out what happens in the middle. Right. Um, in this, I feel like somebody just, like, drew a point and then ate ten tabs of, like, moldy <laughs> acid bread and then it's like, the witches are coming, though, and they ate the babies with their mice caterpillar faces. 
and played ball with them. <laughs> I would. I'm assuming that what they meant was that they used newborn babies as balls to play with. I would prefer if it was like they were making caterpillars disappear and like just playing ball with some newborn you know, babes. And I feel like there are those caterpillars that eat, you know, the the ones that just make them, they're bad, right? The hungry, hungry ones. Yes. Hungry, hungry caterpillar. <laughs> the grasshoppers and the mice. So it sounds like a really fun story that so the troubling thing about that was it was really poorly written but i think there was some good stuff i think if i think it was a really good and interesting story really poorly translated yes like there's a you could make a really compelling horror movie about like there's a town in Italy and you go there and it just seems kind of weird. And it turns out like there's all of these like pre-Christian pagan old witches there. And they're just vaginas lying with teeth. Yes. There's vaginas with teeth and they all have four boobs, which is somehow right. gone under the radar. Um, but like there is, there's a cool story to be told there with these, like the, the clash between like old pre-Christian witches right. and Christianity and then the witch trials. Right. Um, I think if I had, if somebody were to ask me, Avalon, what, what is missing from the Salem witch trials? I would say four boobs and vagina teeth. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that really rounded it out. Yeah. And I like that these witches like were let free. Also that they had, there's a playful sensibility to them. Like they abducted a kid. Sure. They took his hump away. And then they gave another one too. Sure. Oh no, wait. They took away one, what was it? So right, the there was one, a lot of humps going on. Were, humpty, humpty, hump, hump, hump. Yeah, a kid fell off a wall and they put him back together on their lovely lady hump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All the witches peed on stage during a concert. Um, it happens. I don't have time. <laughs> you know what? I just don't have time to go to the bathroom. But like, who's gonna notice? I'm on stage. That in was, front of thousands of people with go, my lady hump. I'll go over here behind. I'm going to give you two behind the speakers. I'll take one. It's give fine. Let's don't look. Um, but yeah, like that. That's where it kind of got the most like fairy tale where like, oh, they say a kid was playing. There were too many humps involved. Nobody ever, ever, ever had two humps. And that's why I'm thinking breasts. Camels. It could be boobs. Like and <laughs> who, what? There's so many questions I have. But you know what I'm saying? Like, it could be like a, it sounds a little bit Aesop's Fables-y. Like, some things there where you could, you could have a folk tale about, For sure. you know, expecting too much. Or like, right. there's yeah. something there. There was a lot in the, that story. Yeah. All of it poorly translated. Totally. So, moving on to the yeah. final segment i don't know how you're gonna edit this fine it's gonna be like we're at two hours and 20 minutes oh my there's God. a lot of editing that's <clears throat> going to go into this to wrap up i feel like we have to ask you about your spooky experiences okay i've got so many but i will only i will only out of the because it's been such a tumultuous episode no 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 it's just i think for you because you 
you will often reference the family vacation house and your weird referrals to it. And so I feel like, you know, I'm going to just come clean and tell people what the story is with the damn house. Give us the rundown on the spooky house. Okay. Perfect. And I'll try to do it in an efficient, interesting way. Tell us how many caterpillars disappeared. You know, I've never seen a caterpillar there. There are scorpions. There are... there. Uh, so the vacation house is interestingly it's in a it's in a place that's kind of a little bit like like central Oregon like it's kind of high deserty yeah mountain-y. it's like at eight hundred um or seven hundred meters how many feet is that <clears throat> do the um, math because we're both so good at it eight hundred times three would be like two thousand four hundred yeah twenty four hundred feet yeah but less call than it that because it's what so yeah yeah so <clears throat> call it two thousand feet it's a historic house it's like part of an old a farm um which means that it's not a standalone right so there's like it's attached to other things but it when we bought the house they it's a like i said a historic house and and the italians would say i'd say how old is this house and they'd say sempre qua what does that mean it was always here and like ugh, right like try to get the bottom of that one so anyway so it could be anywhere is spooky in and of itself like how old is it's always it's always been here So it's pretty old. And um, so we, our guesstimate is between like maybe uh, 400 to 800 years old. Um, I don't think 800, but maybe 400. And anyway, so we bought the house. And from the very beginning, um, I always kind of sensed that there was maybe animal, like an animal presence there. In this house, so the, in, the way that Italian houses are constructed, farmhouses, the bottom would be like there would be arches and that's where the animals would live. They'd live under the house and then the farmer would live above the house. Yeah. So it's sort of like, I think you see like some barns like this where like there's room for animals and then there's like storage and stuff up above. But in this case, it's stable below, apartment above. Exactly. Yeah. And so they're arches. They're the old, and it's stone, right? So old stone, stone arches. And so what they ended up doing is they closed off the bottom part and that's part of the house. And there's beams like old, like chestnut, like beautiful old beams in Italian say travi. So they're, they're throughout the house. And, um, so we bought the house and I always kind of felt like there was a little bit of, a you know, like a presence there and I would never, ever, 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 ever stay there by myself overnight. Yeah. There's something spooky. Yes. It was kind of scary. I loved the house. Had a lot of whatever was there. Didn't scare me, but I couldn't stay there by myself. So, so sometimes what would happen is like I would be in one room and then I would hear water turn on and I'd go and the water would be running. Oh, that's weird. I don't know why. Or like I'd be in another room and I'd hear the volume of, you know, if we were listening to the stereo, the volume would go up. Just little things like that, but nothing, nothing very grand. And so um, when Zaven, your brother, was little, um, he, he, it was mostly probably around him, these things would happen. So the, probably the most significant thing that happened, one thing. So your dad, who does not believe at all in anything like this, um, one night um, I noticed that he got up in the middle of the night and in the morning, I said, hey, you know, you got up in the middle of the night. What was happening? He goes, God, he goes, didn't you hear all the furniture moving around? And I said, what? And he yeah. goes, yeah, right. Like, he, he's like, I heard the furniture moving around. He goes, so I went downstairs. He goes, I really, now imagine the walls of this house. They're stone, ha- you know, it's stone. So it's like about it's, a meter. Yeah, it's stone walls that are about 
a meter, so three feet thick. Exactly. If there was stuff moving around downstairs, you probably wouldn't be able to hear it. No. Like, that was really weird. And again, remember, I'm sleeping with earplugs. Yeah. So he got he got up, he went downstairs fully expecting to see furniture moved, but nothing was moved around. So part of my hypothesis was I sometimes feel like the ghost kind of knew that I believed in them, so they didn't have anything to prove. But, like, for those naysayers, like, we got something to say. So... They were really presenting to probably Joe and to Zaven, your yeah. brother. And so Zaven, it, uh, lots of little things. But the biggest thing was um, we had the master bedroom and then the bedroom, the guest bedroom or the second bedroom. And he, we have our dog, Bachi. And so he was laying in bed and he woke up. And I don't know how old he was, probably like 11 or 12 and he looked up, he heard Bocce growling in the doorway, looking towards the stairwell. And so Bocce's like kind of down, there's a light from the hall, and he sees Bocce kind of crouched. And meanwhile, he can hear what sounds like downstairs, like hay rustling around, and like chickens and cows. He's hearing animals, the sound of animals coming yeah. from downstairs. And so he's He's in threat. He's seen Bocce. Mom and dad got night chickens and didn't tell me about it. I know. And he said that they sounded ghosty. Like, I don't know what ghosty chickens and cows. That sounds sweet. That sounds like a sweet dog. That's not scary. So then he, um, he, then he's like, okay, he's hearing this. He's kind of paralyzed with fear. And then he hears footsteps coming up the stairs and he, he no, at that point terrifying. right he fr- he comes and i wake up and he's standing next to my bed and he's like mom can i get into bed with you and i'm like sure and i don't really know what's happening i'm like oh thank god he wants to cuddle you know like you know he like what mom like sweet. yeah oh, oh, nice. oh you know yeah. you know like <laughs> what mother doesn't love that so i didn't really know what was happening until we got up in the morning and then i said what and he explained what had happened and what he heard and what he experienced then the next big thing, and this was when he decided he was never, ever going to come back. Um, at that point, he started, the the master bedroom was really big, and we had like two double beds in it. So he would never sleep in the by himself ever. I mean, he slept in our room in the other bed, but he wouldn't sleep by himself in the other room. So um, in the master bedroom, when we were there, he woke up, and there was an old man standing over him, just looking down at him. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Just staring at him. And then that was it. The was next it, morning. Do you know, like, was it, like, just the sh- the outline? Was it a shadow? Was no, it a person? No, he saw him. Ugh. An old man just looking at him. And so then he just, in the morning, he's like, yeah, no, I'm never coming back. Yeah, That's fair. It. And, and you, how would you describe your brother? A little bit, like... Very analytical, he's, very... He's a little bit spocky. Like, he's very, very logical, very... If something weren't... I remember, like, <laughs> he came to visit, and, like, I made up a bed for him, and he was here for, like, two weeks. And at the end of it, like, he left, and I went to go, like, wash the sheets and stuff. And I realized he didn't have a pillow. <laughs> like, and he would never say anything. Yeah, I had forgotten to get him... Well, it's not an issue, so I won't address it. Right. No, so, he's very logical, very analytical. For him, he's like, I slept without the pillow. It was fine. Right. So for him to be like, no, I'm never coming back here. That was it. Troubling. Yeah. It yeah. was a big deal. So we, um, and it broke, I, there, I didn't really know what to do. So I have a friend, we have a family friend whose mom is a medium. 
and I spoke with her, and I just you said, say medium, I say spooky Jewish mystic. <laughs> and maybe, <laughs> I mean, it was pretty like it's pretty amazing. And so the, the how the story goes is that I spoke to my friend, and I said, "Hey, would you mind? We're in the situation where I can't, we can't get Zave into the house anymore. Would you mind? Would your mom, you know, like?" So how the story goes is that the mom um started laughing when she was talking to my friend her daughter she's like oh my gosh she goes she goes their house is full of animals and and so it was like and I'm like I knew that like yeah I know that there was animals so I'm like yeah of course there's animals and then at some point I had to go back and like wait there's more than just animals there so then my friend went back to her mom and the mom said oh wait didn't I tell you about the old man And I was like, no, wait, you didn't, you, that wasn't part of the original story. So anyway, long, I forgot I buried the lead. Yeah. So this, what had happened is that this man, this old man disappeared. He was the farmer and the animals were always looking for him. And by the way, he, he was taken away. So part of the story with the house. So yeah, there is. So another story, <clears throat> let's, let's pause that and just clarify for a second. So, um, family friend's mom says, Place is full of animals, and also there's this old man there. Right, but it took a bit to get to that. Yeah. Meanwhile, you do some digging, find out some more information about the house itself and who used to live there, and you find... That there was um, a farmer who was taken away by the... um, by the Carabinieri, he was... Which is... He was rounded up. Italy's, like, it's basically their federal police. Yeah. Yeah. They're they're the Italian police who wear capes. Giro di Ronda. So he was he was he was rounded up and he was taken away very abruptly. And so because he was taken away very abruptly, like the animals were missing him. And then when he came back, so the whole thing, I don't know what happened with him, but he was always kind of looking for his family. He was looking for his children. Yeah. And so. Uh, Oh, God, I didn't realize that was. Yeah. So that's that's why he was looking for his kids. So the weird thing is that so that's an- why only Zaven saw him. Only Zaven saw him. Ugh. So the animals are looking for him. He's looking for his kids. So the counsel that I got from the medium was that, and at the same time, at this time, we were doing a big remodel where we lifted the roof off. We were doing all of this stuff. Which, I've got a theory about this later. Yeah, and we let them loose. <laughs> so I felt really dumb, but the medium said, you need to go through the house and you need to tell that old man that he can go to the light. And so what I did is I just walked around the house and every room and I said it in a song. Yeah. Like, Go to the light. <laughs> Screw you, old man. I walked around Fuck off, old man. in every room and I just said, hey, you know, you can go to the light. Sure. You can go to the light. Per favore. I was just, Please. I was pleading with him. Like, come on, get out. And the weird thing is we never had any activity since then really like it's been and one of the ways that we always knew that there was stuff going on is that all of our phones and everything we'd go to bed at night and we wake up in the morning you've experienced this when you yeah. were there everything's dead which and yeah and i i've said this before like i haven't ever really had anything terribly spooky happen and i've also said many times that i could sleep you know on a oil rig i could sleep on a bus i could sleep on top of a jet engine but whenever i've been there i wake up like at least 20 times a and night. you have like, weird dreams i have the most yeah fitful weird creepy sleep yeah um, and then yeah batteries just die everything gets drained real yeah. fast 
And another thing we never had, we would bring the cats when we brought the animals. Like the cats, like there's something about cats. Like I think we've heard like spirits don't like cats. Yeah. So there was just, it was kind of a culmination of a lot of things. But even still, like I'll, I'll I just, there's just, and, and Zaven comes back. He has no issues. We have no issues at all sometimes I feel like there might like sometimes I will wake up my battery will be dead and I'm like yeah you know like maybe just come back it's a cow right it could be it's a ghost chicken you're fine but I've slept there by myself now I don't I'm not afraid to sleep there and I feel like it's been cleansed sure this house is we'll insert the clip of Tangina Tangina I want to call her Orangina I know (laughs) Orangina we'll insert the clip of Orangina saying this house is clean So, yeah, that's your spooky ghost house. Now, okay, I have to. One thing, the thing that stuck with me the most out of all of the ghosty things was there was the wood burning stove that Mm -hmm. had all of the pegs above it Mm -hmm. that you would like hang cloth on to let them dry. Or, like, if you had clothes that you would wash, you would hang them there to dry. And you used to say that. You would like hang dish towels and stuff up to dry them and then you would go out for walks and you would come back and they would be on the ground surrounding the fire. Yeah, we always had to be really careful with like, um, because weirdly enough, before we bought the house, there was a fire in the house with the fire upstairs. So it burned through. There was water damage. It flooded. Like there was a few things like. um, All of the elements. Right. All of the. Earth, wind, and fire. um, (laughs) There's just a lot, just, but for me, I have such like a, 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 a kind of an emotional attachment. It just feels like home to me there. So I, um, I, 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 I can't even begin to describe anything, anything like that. I just know that there was something at play and it's not really there anymore. There's still... <clears throat> There's still I there's still like a deep connection and and I don't you know like the stones and like do they hold the energy yeah. and whatever it is but that's a, yeah you've got you know three foot thick walls that are you know a maximum almost a thousand years old right um, and the the land that the place is built on it's all very kind of shale stone yeah. like it's all it's rock it's a very rocky place yeah so that makes sense. This brings me kind of to my theory, which is that you you mentioned the renovation. You lifted the roof off. Mm-hmm. I think maybe ghosts are like farts. <laughs> so if you fart under a blanket, you just lift up the blanket <laughs> and you let it out. And this is something like this is a, a ghost fighting, ghost busting technology that a lot of people probably don't know about. Because they don't have the resources to just take the roof off for a right. minute. Right. You're pro- you, you could totally be right. Just like, let it out. Just let it out. Yeah. And also, like, maybe we changed it so much they were like, I don't even know this place anymore. Yeah. Yeah, you wonder, like, and if you want to get into the really hippy-dippy esoteric, like, do, does stone retain memory? All of the construction you're doing, like, if you shake the stone around, does that shake stuff out of it? Like, you know, if you... If you jostle magnets enough, they can kind of reverse their polarity and like that kind of thing shifts. So maybe there's some pseudoscientific basis for that too. Maybe. Hard to say. Yeah. I maybe don't know. it was just introducing all of those 
wood chewing bugs that you guys have oh, now. Jesus, that's a whole nother thing. Not fixed. <laughs> you got to get close to that mic. Sorry. <clears throat> so yeah, that's that's your spooky, spooky house. Out of all of the scary stories that we have, other than James Bosquez going to a punk show and seeing the ghost of yeah, his dead was... friend, um, that's definitely top of the list. I have stuff like that too. But that's another <laughs> podcast. You, you got to focus on. I know on we're focusing on we're the haunted the, castle. I know because I think you've just left so many teasers along the way that <laughs> I needed to kind of let people know what was happening. Yeah, we finally get uh, and. We, I don't like we have guests and and I will not tell them about anything like I'll just always when they wake up in the morning I'm like how'd you sleep you know like any and I've literally like Carrie she's like I stayed there once I will never go back to that house this was before the renovation like and I had you know she's like nope I just I go Carrie it's you know it's not the same like but once you've kind of been through something like that. Yeah, once you've been to the Amityville house, you're not going to go back. No. <laughs> like, even if they look at the You have to have a off. deep love for it, which I kind of <laughs> do. Uh, I remember you were talking about one of. Um, you were talking about one of Zaven's spooky experiences there, which. So the way that the. The way that the ground floor is laid out is that it's kind of. If you imagine three rooms in a row. The first one you enter through is kind of a dining room, living Mm -hmm. room area. Behind that is the kitchen. Behind that is the stairwell. Mm -hmm. And it was like late one night, you and Joe had gone to bed and Zaven was there like watching TV in the living dining room area. And he heard a noise like plates being shuffled around. Mm. Do you not even remember this one? No. So this one and this might have been more from him, but like he was sitting there watching like TV or something or watching a movie. And so behind him is yeah. kind of a half wall divider. And he just hears like crockery yeah. moving in the darkness. Yeah. And he's like sitting there getting more and more. I don't know how out. he'd get from the living room to the stairs without going past all that. And that's the thing that like, as the story was told to me, he just like was, he waited and he waited and he waited until he couldn't stay there anymore. And yeah. he just bolted. Yeah. And he just ran through. Yeah. And there's not necessarily any closure to that. Who knows what the fuck was happening in the kitchen, but yikes. Well, there was another thing where Zaven and Rasmus were upstairs in the guest room. They were both on their little Nintendos, and they're laying in bed. Now picture these two little boys on their tummies playing Nintendos. They both are hearing stuff happen downstairs, and they had to stop playing and look at each other like, are you hearing that? And they're both like, yeah. Okay, back to the Nintendos. Like, <laughs> it's just. They both mm, heard it, right? They both like, heard it and yeah. decided to be like, yeah, let's, no. not, let's not fuck with this right now. So, yeah. It was a lot. Like, Zaven had a lot of stuff happen. And. Um, <clears throat> so, I, yeah, I didn't realize that the spookiness was because the farmer was looking for his children. Yeah. And looking and he thought it was Zaven. And that was something that the medium had said also like the, he's kind of attaching to Zaven because he's like, I'm looking for my kid or kids and you're in the, you're in the age range. Yeah. And yeah, poor Zaven. But it's, and I don't know if it's now like they literally went away or like, you know, you're too big to cuddle. I don't know. (laughs) Everyone aged out of being spooked. And I always ask Dave, and I'm like, how did you sleep? Like, and he always knows, like. Yeah. It's a creepy place, too. 
Not like, anymore. No, but I mean... It's super old. It's super old, and for, like, additional context, it's in a place that's incommunicable like it's it's there's no telephones there's no, no telephone you can't, your phone your mobile phones don't work you have to hike up to the top of the mountain that it's on mm-hmm. to get cell service mm-hmm. it's nothing but silence and darkness like you go outside and it's, it's fireflies ha- it's fireflies and and silence yeah there's nothing there it's pretty except, awesome yeah it's a cool it's a really cool place but if you were in a house that was spooky it would be even, it would be And another spooky. thing is like, there's no, it's all abandoned, right? Like everything, there's no, there's no place, nobody close by that lives there all, all year round. Um, only a few people live there year round. So everybody around us has died. <laughs> all the old people have died and yeah. their houses are empty. Yeah. And so. Um, so it's all empty houses and like seasonal farmers. Right. Or season like Paolo and Tiziana, which are down the lane. And then Franco and Rosanna, who are so old, they don't. They're only there in the summer and they leave during they, the winter because it's too cold. They might as well be ghosts already. Right. And Johnny, who's like his, he, like, you know, his dad, like a lot of the older people have just died. And so it's kind of nice for us because we're like, woo. We're on our own. We don't have yeah. to worry about neighbors or anything. It's you guys and then those those Dutch fuckers in the valley who <laughs> they're really nice. Like, but they're hardly ever there. So yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> Too busy building their skin boxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it used to be for the animals, yeah. but now it's for. Yeah. We would love to spend more time at our farm, but we're too busy having sheks on our <laughs> other farm. <laughs> right. Mm, <laughs> like they like to be in their underwear in their yard. It's a little bit traumatic. Oh, uh, you know, neighbor. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. I'm sorry that you saw my Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> my gold member. <laughs> uh, well, I think that kind of about wraps things up uh, after about a good three hours oh my God. <laughs> of recording. We're going to edit a lot of it. This you will is... need to. Otherwise, people will revolt yeah, yeah they will totally um, revolt yeah so this is definitely i'm sorry that you had to be on like this was tons of fun but i'm sorry you had to be on the most abortive um episode just in terms yeah, of what i think we, we had reading. some good st- i mean for me these are the ghost stories i love so we, we had some great ones i think we've run into a bit of we've run into the culture wall where yeah. like it kind of shows like you know, grass. Yeah, because you haven't done. You've all. You've uh, everything has been in the states. Everybody's been America based, and we've been quibbling about like, oh, well, this story is a little bit dumb, but never have we had a story that completely devolves into like Google Translate robot madness. Talk. Yeah, like somebody was dosed while writing the story and then <laughs> lost their mind and kept I know. typing. Oh, so this is really like we've we've pushed the extremity of what a ghost story could be to its furthest bound. Um, and But ho- you're really good at like sniffing out the essence of the ghost story because I was like so in the weeds of like, I don't even What's know what happened? I'm reading. <laughs> I know, I'm like, what? Like, I well, need to like, breathe and there's no comma. Well, like, ultimately, that's what I love about this is that like as as much of, as much as I am the negative Nelly of this whole enterprise, I love ghost stories and which is yeah it's kind of ironic like you were the I I the, my hypothesis is that even though you love scary stories and you may not be believing it but you still are afraid of the dark 
Yeah, because as you it well, yeah, always sleep with the lights on. I mean, the listeners. Un- ultimately, the unknown is the scariest thing, and as a kid, yeah, like the things that spooked me the most were like being out at grandma's house and just like those. Okay, that was scary AF anyway. Well, that was a creepy Plus fucking house. Grandma was there. Yeah, it was a creepy house in general, and then like grandpa's wandering around the background with his like boxer shorts, I'm like and, ah! and grandma's having night terrors. Ah! <laughs> Demons, Jesus. <laughs> um, but like they're out in the middle of nowhere, and it would just be like the, they didn't close the blinds at night. So and you there just, were peeping toms. I'm telling you that too. Um, those peeping toms. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just saying like that was probably targeted. Like they knew that you were there. Like that was probably somebody you went to high school with who yeah. knew that where you lived. Perps. Point being, like as a kid, just sitting there in front of that like bank of windows in the living room. And just darkness. Yeah. And then occasionally like a car coming into the driveway to turn around or something. Oh, dear. Like, um, so, yeah, like the dark is fucking terrifying. And I love scary stories. I love being scared. But you don't believe in any of it. No, but I, like I hope. Like I hope against hope. Like I remember uh, on that shelf over there is scary stories to tell in the dark. The treasury. Uh, which is the the shining gem of my childhood in terms of things that made me sleep on your bedroom floor for years. <laughs> um, but like, it's great. I love a good scary story. Okay. And so I'm always looking like, I feel like I'm really optimistic about just trying to pull, pull the gold out of the, out of the sieve and be like, there's a lot of dirt here, but no. Yeah. No. Anyway, so normally I ask where they can find where me. guests can find you, but I yeah. think probably for your like professional purposes on an you airplane <laughs> in you can find me in an airport or on airplane and in the um Alitalia lounge. Ooh, fancy. Yeah, no, it's not. No, it's Alitalia, they're garbage. But so, their partners can be good. Yeah, that's pretty much where I'm at. Not very much anywhere else. <laughs> well, listeners, next time you're at an airport, look out. Look for <laughs> look for Avalon's mom. And you can find me on Instagram at that Avalon. You can follow the show at Boohaha Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And we will be back next week-ish, two weeks, you know, within the month at the very least with another spooky guest and probably some spooky stories, depending on what we get around to. We don't want you to build up your expectations too much. Things get in the way. It's summer. It's crazy. But we'll, you know, hey, we'll call you. <laughs>